Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Streakers Podcast. We are the ones that got away. I am Mason Migliera, and that is Patrick Private. I hope everybody is doing fantastic. I'm doing pretty well. I hope, Patrick, you're doing fine as well. Always got the sports going on right now. We got football. We got baseball. We got basketball starting soon. NHL just started. Watched the Lightning play uh, last night. They ended up winning and beating uh, the Predators. Then I got my Panthers starting uh, on Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday, actually. I normally record this on Thursday. But we got a little free time here tonight. So we're going to do this podcast a little bit early. But uh, I'm rambling too much. Patrick, get your voice card. What, what's up with you, bud? Uh, yeah, no, I'm here too, man. Um, yeah, we're recording a little early tonight. Still going to talk about the Thursday night game. But yeah, man, the sports, everything's just kicking off right now. Just super intense uh, playoff baseball. A lot of uh, NFL football, a lot of injuries, unfortunately. But just right in the thick of things, mid-October almost, or just about, this is probably the best time of year for sports, I'd say. Oh, yeah. It's a great time. Playoff baseball, all the football starting. We're pretty much kind of just being – We're after this week, we will be 33.3333333333% through the season. Um, Six weeks out of out of the total 18. And then you got hockey starting, which is – I think that's the longest season in all of the sports. I think it's like eight months out of the year it goes on, and then there's – it's a super quick turnaround after like four months or something. Uh, for their for their off season, and then obviously basketball starting up soon. So it's, it, you're right; it's a very very fun time for sports right now. Yeah, absolutely. So playoff baseball, a lot going on right now. Um, we're past <laughs> we're past the uh, the morning stage of our uh, Marlins and Rays. It's all good. It Rays happened. Rays got 99 wins. They were bounced uh, and pretty embarrassing fashion there's a lot of teams right now that are on the brink of potential uh you know potential collapse almost after having really good regular seasons we saw with the orioles already they got swept um by the rangers 3-0 they had 101 wins 
Braves are tied with Philly, but Philly's looking like they're going to win game three tonight. The Diamondbacks are down 0-2, or excuse me, the Dodgers are down 0-2 to the Diamondbacks. They might get swept. A lot of really good baseball teams right now are in trouble. What do you think as far as, you know, this is coming from a casual fan's perspective. You know, the season is so long, 162 games. And over the last handful of years, we've seen the wild card expand. And then older fans have seen, you know, the the wild card created. So what do you think is the reason for these top tier teams losing? Is it simply just a small sample size and anything could happen in a short amount of games? Or does it have to do with that longer rest? You know, the Orioles got five days off before the Rangers, uh, before they went and played the Rangers. And the Rangers only got one day. They had a day turnaround pretty much. Yeah. So this is a question that's definitely going to be brought up uh, over the offseason, I would say. I don't know what they're going to do with it. As as a baseball fan, I think getting as many teams into the playoffs as possible is is great. Having, what, six teams from each league getting into the playoffs, that just creates more revenue for the sport because that's more people going to games because there's an extra an extra series or two uh, per each league for, for the playoffs. Like a team like the Marlins, for example, like this season, they weren't really a playoff team. Yes, they made the playoffs, but, you know, all the hype that was around them potentially getting to the playoffs – made it so more people were going to games. It was noticeable. Same thing with like with everybody else. The Diamondbacks. They they were really they were a sneaky team at the start of the season, but you know, having more teams is definitely going to create revenue. But what that has now caused is they created this format where the top 2 teams in each league will get a buy. And I Clearly right now, it's been hurting. Last year, the Braves, they were arguably the best team in baseball last year as well as they are this year. And they're in the same position. They're playing the same team, playing the Phillies, and they might get bounced in the first round for them. The Phillies, they were able to go up against the Marlins last week and played. They only had like a day or two off in total. Meanwhile, the Braves, they have been well-rested. It had been five or six days since they last played a baseball game. Last meaningful baseball game that the that the Braves have played was probably middle to late August. They basically went all of September with art without any real implications. They've had the division locked up since the All-Star break, essentially. So they haven't been playing like do or die games. They've just been kind of going through the motions. As for the Phillies, they've been do or die for for a while. Um there were, there were times in September where it was like, oh, they could slip and they won't have that home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. They ended up getting that, and that momentum is carried all the way until this moment where tonight Bryce Harper has two bombs and they're up 8-2 to two on the Braves, and all you have to do is win one win on the next two, and that's it. And one of them is going to be at home. And on the flip side, you have the Orioles – who they just had 101 wins. They're a super young, super talented team with Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, and, and everybody else on that team. Then the Rangers, what you thought was this entire season, pretty much they were in first place in the AL West. They, they were in control. And then they had a dry spell, and they played really, really poor baseball. They went on an eight- or nine-game losing streak. 
And it got to be to the point where they were fighting for their playoff lives. It wasn't even just the division. They were fighting for the playoffs. They had a chance at not even making it after being in first place, essentially 80 to 85% of the entire season. So they've been playing meaningful baseball, do or die baseball, since that losing streak had began when the Houston Astros caught up to them, when the Mariners were catching up to them. And what happened on the last day of the season, they ended up losing and the Astros won and they flipped. And it could be a blessing in disguise for the Rangers because they went into Tampa, they, they swept Tampa, and now look what they did. They went into Baltimore, they've been playing do or die baseball, and they swept Baltimore, a very, very talented Baltimore team that people said at the beginning of the playoffs, this team can make a World Series run. Now, is that possible? Because I don't know if they had the pitching for it. I don't know. But this Rangers team, they got the pitching. Nathan Evaldi has been nails in his two starts. Let me try and pull up his his numbers in his two starts. Um, yeah, he's got he's 2-0 with a 1-3-2 ERA in the playoffs this season. In his career, he has been very, very good in the playoffs as well. Six and three with a two seven ERA, thirteen games with eight games started, fifty six innings, fifty six strikeouts. I mean, he's been great in the playoffs, and that showed again in his game yesterday against the Orioles, where I don't think he get he might have given up one run. Yeah, he gave up one run in the fifth inning, but other than that, he was he's been super super good. I don't know, man. It, it's you got to reward the teams that make it the whole season with the best record. But so far, it has just been proven that having that layoff could be a curse more than it is a blessing because same thing with the Dodgers. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because I feel like in the NFL or maybe even the NBA, like there's always talks about that every single year about like, would you want to be rested or you know, in a rhythm. It's all about the rhythm versus the rest. And I always say I I would take the rest, but in baseball, I feel like maybe it's a little bit different. Obviously you want to rest your arms. I feel, cause I think there's not like a, there's not like a level of rust to baseball that could happen, but you know, if, if a team is hot and you're running into somebody else that is hot, I feel like maybe it's the rhythm that's beating these teams more than, more than like the other team is rusty, you know, just in general, just the way that like the things go in baseball. So if the Phillies were to able were able to finish this series off among them and like some of the other teams that could move on, who who do you like the most from the AL and the NL to potentially make a run? Because you mentioned the pitching previously, man. So the pitching side of things, the Phillies in the National League, I think have it the best. Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler have been phenomenal. So far, I think uh, Aaron Nola started tonight for the for the for the Phillies. Let me pull this up. But Zach Wheeler, other than the one pitch that he made last night that Travis Darno hit the, or not last night, the night before uh, hit that home run off of him. Yeah, off that home run that Aaron Nola gave up to Travis Darno that kind of rolled into the whole comeback for the Braves on on Monday. If it wasn't for that, he would be lights out all, all postseason. And it's two starts, but whatever. And then Aaron Nola, he is so durable. And then when you go deeper into their uh, rotation, Ranger Suarez, he 
gave up no runs to the Atlanta Braves in game one of the AL or the NLDS. That high-powered Braves offense, it doesn't matter if you're righty, lefty, side armor, over the top, throwing with both hands. It doesn't matter. That offense is going to rake. And Ranger Suarez and the bullpen was able to hold that in game one. I don't know who else they have. Oh, Taiwan Walker. They have Taiwan Walker. He's a seasoned veteran. He's a very, very good pitcher. They signed him this offseason away from the Mets. Um, and he would be your game four starter. And then by then, you you have Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler ready to go again because of the days off that you have. So right now on the on the NL side, I would probably go with the Phillies if they're able to – they're going to complete this game tonight. It's now 10-2 to in the bottom of the eighth. They're not having an eight-run – ninth inning in, uh, for, for the Braves. I just don't see that happening. And then as the other teams, I mean, I really like the Arizona Diamondbacks, Corbin Carroll leading that offense. That offense has been really, really good in the postseason so far. Uh, Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, they're the, the top two guys over in Arizona, and they're both very solid starters. Zach Gallen is, I think he's in he's in the running for the Cy Young, but that's going to end up going to Blake Snell. Um, so... If it's the a if it's the NLCS and it's Philly and Arizona, that's where things are leading to right now. I'm probably going to go with Philly because again that offense also is very lethal, especially from the left side. Going into the AL, we got the Rangers, we got the Twins, and we have the um, Houston Astros. The Houston Astros are gunning for their seventh straight ALCS. That is unheard of. Seven in a row. So it's like they're they're used to the playoffs for one, but it's not that they're used to the playoffs. They're used to getting far. But the Rangers, man, they're on such a roll right now. They took it personal. They ended up not winning the division. They play. I mean, they haven't lost yet. They're gonna. They're probably bound to lose eventually. If they play Minnesota, they might sweep Minnesota. But if they play Houston, and speaking of Houston, they did just take a two-run lead over. The Minnesota Twins in Minnesota is currently three to one, I believe. That's what it looked like. But now, was there a no? Okay, my my computer was being weird. But yeah, three to one right now. Jose Abreu hit a set, his third homer of the of the playoffs. Yesterday he had a grand slam that that kind of, or not a grand slam, a three run homer in the first inning that kind of propelled them to their nine one rollover of the Twins. But man, in the AL, it's really it's gonna be really tough for me to go against the Rangers. The as I said, Evaldi's been great. John Gray, I think John Gray is hurt. Who else do they have? I mean, Andrew Heaney, Dan Dunning, they've done well. Max Scherzer, we're forgetting about him. He got traded there. He pitched in a sim game. He might come back and pitch in the ALCS, and it could be wraps. I don't know what'll happen. We'll have to see with that. But I mean, I think there's no doubt that that Max Scherzer is gonna play in the ALCS. And that lineup is so, so good. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, it's deep. Josh Jung, uh, Adolis Garcia, everybody in that lineup is just so, so lethal. So as of right now, I'm going with the Phillies versus the Rangers. I think the Rangers will knock out the, the Astros if the Astros do end up winning that series against the Twins. Okay, let me throw out a quick stat. In the first 118 postseasons all time, three 100-win teams lost their first two postseason games, both being at home. With the Dodgers going down 0-2, it has now happened twice in as many nights because it happened to the Orioles and the Rangers. Who 
in your estimation, is had the most disappointing postseason, getting bounced already. Who do you think is, you know, the organization is going to have to look at this season maybe as a failure despite the regular season success that they had? Although it hasn't happened yet, I'm really looking at the Braves right now, and that is a team that's like, oh, snap. This is two years in a row. We're getting bounced in the first round after winning 100-plus games in the regular season because last year they won 101, and they were tied with the Mets. The Dodgers, like, I really didn't expect them to have such a great season. They have so many old guys, old veterans. And, I mean, they do have some young studs, uh, James Outman for one. Um, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, those are two Hall of Fame players on your team. You got Clayton Kershaw, who is a Hall of Fame pitcher. Uh, he just wishes that the postseason didn't exist because, man, his numbers are atrocious in the postseason. Um I mean, for the Dodgers, you're always expecting to go for a championship, but I, I, I'm i really looking at the Braves, man, and if they end up losing the series to the Phillies for the second year in a row, I don't know. They just kind of got hurt with the injury bug uh, towards the end of the season on their pitching side because their offense is lethal no matter what. Even their bench guys are are huge. They got Nick Lopez from the Royals at the at the trade deadline. Nick Lopez doesn't can't hit a ball over the fence, but for some reason now when he's with the Braves, he's able to just produce at a great level. No disrespect to him, I think it's more a prop to the Braves organization and their and their hitting situation and their hitting uh, coaches. But I'm really looking at the Braves right now. If they're not able to come out of this, they're going to have a really really serious uh, look in the off season, and they might have to trade away some huge bat to get that frontline starter because if they don't it's just going to be the same cycle over and over again yeah so a lot of good stuff though happening in baseball a lot of interesting storylines definitely a different postseason vibe than what you might see in the nfl or the nba where there's a lot of chalk that goes on definitely not the case uh in baseball but moving into week five of the NFL season. Oh my goodness. We're just flying through it. Like you said, we're close to that, uh, that 33.3% mark coming up soon, but we both got hammered on our game picks. You got the one deciding one, which was the Rams Eagles game. You chose the Eagles rightfully. So I had the Rams. I thought they were going to be better. Eagles five and oh, 49ers five and oh, they looked really good. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of interesting stuff. Who do you think is the best team in the NFC? I'm curious because I don't think that the Eagles are really touching the, the, the Niners yet. No, they're not. It's it's far and beyond it's the 49ers. Without a question, everything on that offense is so impressive, starting with Christian McCaffrey and then Debo, Ayuk, Kittle finally had a great game. He had three touchdowns. I mean – I don't think that that Philly would be able to stop them even with that great defensive line that they have, because on the other side, San Francisco still has a fantastic defense. They held Dallas to 10 points. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, th- and they're forcing turnovers. I will say one thing about this, this Niners team that I'm not really completely buying into. I'm just going to say this. I think Christian McCaffrey's a stud. I think he's really good, but I think I, I want to kind of slow down on the, on these play on 
not playoff talks on these MVP talks. I don't think that that's a real thing right now. I think being five games in the year, you know, he's putting up numbers, man. I mean, he is he's averaging over five yards to carry seven rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's putting up good numbers. I mean, these are elite numbers. He's definitely the best running back in the NFL, but I definitely think there's some sort of movement going on right now where it's like, they want to give a guy who's not a quarterback, some love, you know, possibly MVP love. I don't know, man, this is a juggernaut of a team. This is one of the best teams that I've seen, like just, you know, top to bottom in a while. I feel, especially one that hasn't, you know, lifted the Lombardi. So I, I don't know. Um, but there's not a quarterback that I think has separated themselves either yet because Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes have had duds so far this year. So maybe that's also why, you know, it might just be like lack of other contenders, but I'm not really buying into that. Yeah, that was going to be my question to you. If you don't think it's Christian McCaffrey right now, then who is the quarterback that you think would? But you're right. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, they both have had a game where it was a dud. And Josh Allen has had multiple of those. Uh, obviously, last I guess I'm considering the losses that you have. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes was week one. And maybe even last week, I think he didn't have his crazy numbers uh, against the Jets. That one wasn't a stellar game out of him, but they still were able to pull out the win. And then Josh Allen obviously losing to the Jets as well. Why is there an underlying Jets thing here? I don't like that. Um, and then last week, which we'll get into against the against Jacksonville in London, he didn't play that well. They ended up losing that game. So – as of right now, I mean, if we had to pick right now the best player, the most um, important player, the most valuable player in the NFL right now, I think is Christian McCaffrey. He has been so valuable to them. But when you think about it, it's like, are they able to do what they're doing without him? Are they 5-0 and without him? I don't know. That's kind of where you have to put – that's that's the question that I ask when I'm doing MVP. Where would this team be without player X? Because if they are super bad, then yeah, he's very valuable. But if they're still able to kind of like fight and tread water with the talent that's around him, then okay, I can understand why he wouldn't be MVP. Yeah, so I see what you're saying. And like he pretty much arrived right around like a similar time that Brock Purdy took over too. So mm -hmm. like, you know, Purdy's had, you know, a fair amount of games now as the starter for the Niners. And I believe like they were both, inserted mid-season last year so right around the same time they haven't played every single game together but like they've kind of gone hand in hand and his development i'm sure is like definitely positively influenced um on brock purdy like it's it's been very good for him i just think that like overall as a team like i i just can't get past that that feeling right now that this is a you know a well-oiled machine you know more than just like the parts, the individual pieces. I mean, this is a very, very good team with a lot of stars, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I'm just, maybe nobody else has it just yet, but um, I also don't think that like it, the MVP being a quarterback award is all that ridiculous personally, because I think it's so far and away the most important position in football that like a really great quarterback will trump anything that a really good position player might do. So I'm not too against like that award being a quarterback award, but you mentioned like the chiefs against the jets last week, you know, they had another close game against the Vikings and Travis Kelsey got hurt and the, and the Vikings are certainly dealing with injuries too. I mean, both could be chalked up to the turf field issue in the NFL. 
That is something that I don't know why, but I feel like that's a problem that is something that people have been saying needs to be fixed for years now. It's kind of one of those issues where I think we're going to look back after they fix it and think, why didn't they do it sooner? Yeah, I agree. I think that the turf is is really poor for the body. I know that injuries ha- – listen, we know that injuries are going to happen regardless, but I genuinely believe – and it's not just from NFL. Even in the MLB on, on fields that use turf, there are players that are getting hurt more often. So it just every every big name player like Justin Jefferson we we haven't talked about that we'll probably talk about that right now. Justin Jefferson just went on the IR with a hamstring injury I believe. Now that could be related to the turf, but thank God it's not an Achilles and he's like out for the year. But Aaron Rodgers out for the year due to his Achilles and probably from the turf. Um, yeah, possibly from the turf for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to just, just run around and blame it, but like it definitely seems like an issue that so many, you know, former players and current players have already spoken out about that I'm actually kind of shocked that it has been fixed. And it doesn't seem like a very pricey fix either. Um, these guys, these NFL owners have tons of money, they have deep pockets. So I'm kind of confused why they don't um make the change, especially since it helps their bottom line have these great players out there i mean justin jefferson's now on the ir this is this is a guy i mean i've been saying tyree kill is probably the number one wide receiver in my opinion just because of how dynamic and explosive he is someone i've never seen before but justin jefferson if if you went up and told me he was number one i would say fine sure he is number one like that's and that's probably more important than a top flight running back so like justin fields might be the best skill position player in the nfl that's huge and now he's going to be out for an extended period of time because you know he he got hurt on on a turf field, so I, I I think it helps the owners to have their best players out there on the field. The one thing I'll say is, if you're gonna have turf, every every field needs to be turf. Every field that you're playing on, practicing on, NFL, it doesn't matter. Keep it uniform because once you're changing, I mean, I know that these players they change their cleats based on what field they're playing on, what type of surface they're playing on. So if you're gonna be a turf field, then Every NFL stadium should be a turf field. Every practice field should be a turf field. But if not, then every field should be a, a natural grass. Every practice, every stadium, everything. Keep it the same because I think that will result in less injuries taking place. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, big storyline coming out after this game. With Justin Jefferson out and the Vikings falling to one and four. Just a mm-hmm terrible start for them probably disastrous start they're not last in the division a lot of people are talking about moving Kirk Cousins would you move Kirk Cousins I've taken a look at each division in the NFL and I think that honestly there's a suitable uh partner for Kirk Cousins in every single division in the NFL I want to go through these and you tell me if I'm crazy or not I'm looking at the AC East this is where the most noise has come from the Jets J-E-T-S Jets well, I mean, I could see I could see the Patriots, too, but I don't know. I think that they're looking to completely, like, overhaul that kind of culture right now. I think they're in a different state. Okay. What do you think about the Jets? Would you would you make that move if you were the Jets? We brought this up earlier in the year. We said the Vikings sucked. Like, you might as well try to make the move because he's going to be gone. With with their win this past week against Denver, you have a shot. You technically have a shot. 
The Chargers are not looking good so far this year. They're two and two. The NFC North is kind of they're going to beat up on each other. So you can't. The Jets can take advantage of what's going on around the league, and, and maybe find a way to squeak themselves into a uh, a wild card spot. So, and I'm just now thinking about that. Like it, it's possible, but what do they have to give up? What do they have? Do we know? Like, I don't know what they have. I don't know exactly what any of these trades would be, but I don't think for a quarterback with an expiring contract that it would be a ton. I don't think the asking price would be crazy. I also think that the Vikings might be in a situation where if they actually do end up moving Kirk Cousins before the season, they would be in a situation where they want probably picks more than current players. And I think that would suit a team like the Jets right now who – you know, they would probably want to hold on to their pick this year just in case something happens. But you know what? By the by the sake of going for it, by the you know, the look that that presents yourself and the organization, you might just want to end up trading that pick they have this year, right? They do still have that pick this year. That might actually need to be checked on. I believe they still do. Um, because of the whole Aaron Rodgers playing a certain amount of games thing. But yeah, so I, I think that they wouldn't have to give up a ton. I don't think any of these teams would. No, I mean, on the Jets, I would I would incur about it, and I've been on Zach Wilson's hype train, for lack of a better term, this like past four weeks. Um, But I would make the move for Kirk Cousins. But moving on to the uh, AFC North, I'm going to throw a team out here, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I knew you were going to. They are three and two. They're at the top of the division somehow, some way. You were gifted a win last week by the Ravens. They just absolutely choked. Kenny Pickett almost blew out his knee. Uh, the week before this last uh, this last Sunday. I'm not impressed with this offense at all. You've lost to the Texans and the 49ers by a total of 60 to 13. Your losses get bad, and your wins are all one possession against Cleveland, Las Vegas, and Baltimore. Those are big wins. To, I, to I think, I think – yeah, two division wins are nice for sure. I think Baltimore's the only one that's really impressive out of those three. And they gave that game away. It was a miracle that they won. I'm I'm looking at this team like you could just fall apart. You have the Rams, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Green Bay coming up. You, I mean, you haven't even started your games against the Bengals. Who knows what they're going to be. But this division looks way more wide open than when the season started. You already got that win against the Ravens. I'm making my pitch right now. I'm I'm fired up. I, I think Kirk should – I think they should make a move. But um, you already got your uh, your win against the Ravens. So you could split that. We don't know what the Bengals are going to be. But you also already beat the Browns. You're looking good in the division, especially with a lot of tiebreakers. You're 3-2 and two right now. So some teams are already playing catch-up. If you were to get caught by one of the teams in your division and you were going off a wild card – or something like that. There are a lot of teams that are two and three. Do you think now, if you make this move, you're thinking long term, we want to keep Kirk Cousins, I think. So Kenny Pickett would be essentially pushed to the side. Maybe all he needs is that one half, little more, 75% of a season with Kirk Cousins, and maybe that'll fix him. Who knows? That is also a very, very interesting destination for Kirk Cousins. But the thing is, does Minnesota take into consideration the seniority of Kirk Cousins? Do they say, would you want to go here? Is this an option that you're willing to explore? Um, if I'm the Vikings, I would trade him to to whoever would take him. 
whoever gives the best op- offer, go. But I think that they also have to discuss with Kirk, like, hey, would you be okay going here? I think that's just some some a respectful thing to do because this isn't the season that the Vikings were expecting. So I think that that's something that you would have to discuss. But as for the Steelers, I think it's a very, very smart move. It's a win-now move. It's a reaction to how their season has gone, and it would show their fan base, hey, we're seeing what's going on. Our defense is pretty damn good. Um, might as well go for it because, let's be honest, Kenny Pickett is not going to lead them to the playoffs, I don't think. But Kirk Cousins, he can. And Kirk Cousins can show Kenny Pickett what it is like to be an NFL quarterback because Kenny Pickett didn't have uh, Ben Roethlisberger to to be his mentor. He came in and replaced Ben Roethlisberger. So now Kirk Cousins comes in and shows him how to be an NFL quarterback, shows him like what he sees and everything, and he leads the team to the playoffs. And then next year you have Kenny Pickett, who now has all that knowledge from a veteran quarterback. I think it's a, it could be a really, really smart move. You just have to hope that Kenny Pickett doesn't take it personally and he takes it as, okay, we're trying to win as a team. This is a team effort. And this is also going to help me, being Kenny Pickett, this will help me in the future to be a better leader and a better quarterback. Yeah, I really like what you said there when uh, you're talking. It's a reaction to how the season has gone. You put your right foot forward, your best foot forward, rather, and you're actually winning games. But moving on to the AFC South, now I think you might think I might say the Titans. I'm not going to say the Titans. That is the team that needs a quarterback, but I'm going to say the Colts. Here's why. Anthony Richardson has suffered three separate injuries this year. I honestly don't think I want to see him. And he's already out for an extended period of time. You got Gardner Minshew and shout out Gardner Minshew. He's, he's playing well. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that he's a bad quarterback. He's a high level backup, I think. But if you're the Colts, you saw what you were able to do with a, with a competent starter. Why not throw in something for the Vikings to maybe make a move. I think this would be a trade that could go down later on in the season rather than right now. I think this is a week eight, week nine thing when the when the Vikings could be two and seven. If you can keep your head above water until then, I think you might be compelled to make a move because I, Anthony Richardson, I think, is one more injury away truly from being shut down for the rest of the year. I mean, if if there aren't people, you know, organizational brass that isn't, already talking about it i mean he has suffered three separate injuries on three separate design runs i mean it's getting to be like a very very weird kind of vibe like an rg3 almost vibe but without the success like there's clearly something there that that he has that is really good he has the effector but he keeps getting hurt so what do you think Kirk cousins to the colts oh man Kirk cousins to the colts would be very very interesting um, I'm I would halt on that if I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think that it would be beneficial for the Colts to do that because Gardner Minshew he has been very serviceable in the absence of Anthony Richardson. And again, I I don't know if the Colts are in the same situation that like the Steelers are to where they can be reactionary like this. Um, and also the Steelers have no one really there whereas Gardner Minshew he's been there before he's been in the, he's been in this kind of moment 
And I think that he can lead them to the playoffs and they don't need Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk Cousins make that big of a difference in comparison to Gardner Minshew. Um, and I think that Minshew is just is, is the same kind of uh, veteran quarterback that Anthony Richardson can learn from. Uh, obviously, he can't learn. He has to learn how to stay healthy. Maybe he needs to go talk to Tua and learn how to keep himself healthy and do some jujitsu. I don't know. But it first of all, it's very unfortunate that he is on the IR. I don't know if you saw that. He is on the IR. Um, so he's going to take this time to kind of get himself right. And maybe this is his moment where he's like, okay, I need to play a better brand of football and not get myself hurt and put my team in a bad position. So if I'm the Colts, it's intriguing, yes, because it's Kirk Cousins and, you know, you like that, but I don't think that that is the move that they would want to make right now. Yeah, Even later. Realistically, of course not. All right, looking at the next division, the Raiders. Jimmy G, I think this is his last stop. I actually think this is his last year as a starter in the NFL, and they won on Sunday. Um, do you think that the Raiders would make any sort of move midseason for a QB, or do you think they're just going to ride this out? I think they're just going to ride this out. This is the this season kind of feels like a dud for them. Uh, I, I I've never I haven't been impressed by them at all. Uh, I think their division is kind of. With them being in the AFC, I think it's very tough because it's super, super top-heavy, and especially their own division being the Chiefs. They're not catching the Chiefs. Uh, they might be able to catch the Chargers, but the Chargers, they're just not They're not playing that well as a, as a team right now. I don't even know if they'll get a wild-card spot. Um, I don't think, again, that it would be a needle mover for, for the Raiders if they got Kirk Cousins. I think it would – I think this season's kind of just they're chalking it up and they're just going to kind of ride out what they're at right now. I agree. And I think this Josh McDaniels thing right now is looking, you know, not too appetizing to the rest of the league. I think this could be his last stop too. Okay, NFC East. I, I think I have a choice of three teams here. I think I could choose the Giants because Daniel Jones is uh, getting murdered out there. And he's not playing well. I mean, but there's no there's no blame on them. I mean, Evan Neal's forgotten how to play football. And that entire offensive line for the New York Giants is just not there. So I can't really blame him too much. But that could be a team, you know, Dayball's clearly trying his best with Jones right now and hasn't been working. Or we could go with the commanders, you know, Sam Howell playing good football. But Ron Rivera right now needs something to keep his job maybe that could be an that could be something there i mean they're playing a lot of teams really tough they're two and three right now with that close loss uh coming to the eagles or we could go with the cowboys dak prescott just absolutely got torn up against the 49ers on sunday who do you think you would rather have if you're an nfc team because i think if you're an afc team you don't want either of these guys because the afc quarterbacks are just so good would you rather have Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? So that's really, really tough. Um, because what we've talked about with the Cowboys is they need to get over this hump of beating the 49ers. They haven't been able to do so. Is is Dak Prescott the problem? Because the team around is super talented. That would be a very interesting move. Um, it would be a shocking move for sure. 
but I don't think the Cowboys are going to do that. Um, and I probably, uh, no, I probably, if it was me personally, I would probably want Kirk Cousins more than Dak Prescott. Uh, but I'm not the Cowboys, and I know the Cowboys are very, very, very loyal to Dak Prescott. They have been for many years. So as shocking of a move that would be, I just don't see that happening. And as for the other two teams, uh, the Giants, are their season's downhill. It's, I think the wheels are already off. That's done. Like, Kirk Cousins is not going to a team that's not making the playoffs. And the Giants are one of those teams. Now, the Commanders is an interesting one because that would be – He'd be reunited with the city, and it would be that whole kind of like, oh, my God, Kirk Cousin is back in Washington. But I don't think that Washington has much of a shot at making the playoffs either. So that would be a tough sell for uh, for Kirk Cousins to kind of be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do that. But yeah. it would be a very fun story if he was to go back to the commanders. But again, I don't think they're making the playoffs. And I don't think if Kirk Cousins gets traded, he's going to a non-playoff contending team. Gosh, doesn't Kirk Cousins feel like more like a Viking nowadays? It feels yeah. like a, just a different reality when he was on uh, Washington's team, like just a whole different, uh, whole different life. Um, we'll skip the NFC North. Cause that's obviously not going to happen, but my team would be the green Bay Packers after how Jordan love has looked as of late. That's a good team right there. They, uh, they're they just going to have to wait and see with how Jordan Love can develop. I think it's too early to to kind of be sold on, on Jordan Love. I think uh, he still needs a little bit more time to kind of uh, – He's he sat like three years now. How much time can he have? He didn't get to play. This is his first real opportunity to play. So I think that they still need a little bit more time. And also, I don't think they're going to go within the division. So – that's kind of like oh well no yeah I don't think I don't think they're making a trade in division I mean just like who would you rather have I mean at that point like Kirk Cousins on an expiring deal or would you have Jordan Love who's trying to work out the kinks even though he's been in the league for however long just depends just depends on, on where your team is I think NFC South any of these teams might want Kirk Cousins yeah. I'm gonna go with the Saints because I said that Kirk that Kirk Cousins wasn't as good as Derek Carr and I'm clearly regretting that. But they're three and two somehow, some way. This division has three teams with three wins. Now, obviously, the Panthers look like probably the worst team in the NFL. They're the only team without a win. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins on the Saints, does that do anything for you? This this deal would never happen. But just curious at what you think. Do you think the Saints, because they don't look like a playoff team despite their record. Do you think if Kirk Cousins was in, that's a real playoff team? No, uh, no. Because when I look at that division, I'm I look at the Falcons. That could be a, a good move for them to maybe kind of have Desmond Ritter. Because was Desmond Ritter behind Matt Ryan, or was Matt Ryan already gone? I think he was already with the Colts by that point. You know, okay, long so gone who is Matt Ryan? Who was Matt Ryan, or not Matt Ryan? Desmond Ritter been able to build behind? Who was their quarter? Who was their starter last year? I can't even remember. It wasn't Marcus Mariota. Was it Marcus Mariota? I think Marcus Mariota was day one starter. That's not a quarter. That's not a quarterback that you get built up behind. Kirk Cousins would be one. It's the same kind of situation as, as the Steelers, um, but the Steelers are in a more of a win now position than the Falcons are. Um, well, the Falcons did spend a lot of money in free agency on that defense. They have skill guys. I mean, can we get the ball to Kyle Pitts, please? I mean, or maybe he just please. sucks. I don't know, but I keep hearing 
everybody's saying that Kyle Pitts is this, uh, you know, generational talent hasn't been able to touch the football consistently. Maybe that could be uh, an interesting move. Um, so I would be more so looking at the that the than at the Falcons. Excuse me, I'm stumbling over my words. The Falcons more than the Saints. Uh, I again, I've said it the whole time, the whole season before the season started. I'm not high on the Saints at all, um, and I don't think that there's a huge enough difference between Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins that would make it so that the um, the Saints would make the playoffs. I think right now the team in that division is the Bucks. I think that. Uh, Baker Mayfield is playing inspired football. His his Oklahoma boys just won a huge game in in, uh, in the college pl- not playoffs, but in the grand scheme of things, it could be a college playoff game. Um, so it could help them reach the playoffs for whatever. So I really like the Bucks right now, but if there was a team in the South, it would be the Falcons that would make that move. Yeah, that's it. That's an interesting perspective. I didn't really make that connection with the Falcons and the Steelers. Okay, going to the NFC West, any of those teams tickle your fancy? Because obviously Arizona is looking at probably a quarterback in the draft. Seahawks got a quarterback, or excuse me, did they do have a quarterback, but Geno Smith, he's on a shorter deal. He's got one more year left after this year. Niners taken care of, Rams with Stafford. Any yeah. of those teams? I don't think so. No. I mean, I could see possibly if somebody wanted to argue, oh, if Stafford gets hurt one more time this year, then why wouldn't you, you know, go for it with Kirk? I mean, and I could see that if Stafford were to get hurt two weeks from now. Yeah. Why not? Because they look pretty is, decent against the Eagles. They held their own. Yeah. All of this is barring any injury, which we 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 kind of always throw that disclaimer out there and we're throwing it here at the end. Any kind of injury will change any of these conversations that we're having. Um but 100%, if there's an injury to the Rams or even to, uh, to to Matt Stafford or even to Geno Smith, I think those are two teams that would be fighting for for Kirk's uh, services if if they were if it was made available to them. So, but as of right now, right this second, neither no team in the over there is going to do that move. No, certainly not. What was um one of the biggest surprises uh or excuse me not what was one of the biggest surprises of the weekend for me personally was saints patriots how much they killed uh just bill belichick's legacy this game was ridiculous i believe that was the only game where he was being shut out down 30 at home in his career which Mm -hmm. i'd imagine there aren't too too many coaches that have experienced that but they won 34 to 0 I mean, what what did you think when you saw the score of this game? I thought that this this looks like something's going to happen at the end of the season, either with Mac Jones or with Bill Belichick. Like this, something's going to change because this is getting to be just they're the same old, you know, slightly below average team in the NFL. And then I don't think Kraft is going to settle for that. Yeah, um, I've not been impressed by the Patriots at all. I predicted them to win this game. That would probably be like their last win of the season, too, that they would get. I don't think they're doing much more after that. But a 34-zip at home just dismantling was crazy to see. It was at home, right? I'm not I'm not crazy. Um, regardless, that game was un- – unbelievable to see i didn't I, I only saw the final score i didn't see how the game went but i know that mac jones got benched again 
Um, and this time I think it, I thought so last time too, that it was a, did I, I can't remember what I thought. <laughs> if it was a benching based on the score or a benching based on performance, but either way, this was, this was a benching based on performance. And I've seen that at a Mac Jones ever since he became an NFL quarterback. I don't think that he, ha- he is that guy. Um, at least not in New England. And there will be changes made uh, next season. And I would not be shocked if it was Mac Jones that is put to be the backup or just fully gone from the team in total. Wow. Yeah. I I was on this like train against you. I was saying, you know what, man, if there's anything Belichick has done, over his career it's have the ability to not get fired or pushed out the door you know i know you weren't saying that specifically but you know just in general with this there's a huge problem here and probably is not just going to be mac jones if they make a move but i was also on on that train with defending belichick and saying oh mac jones they're not looking at zappy they're not going to do anything like that they're not going to bench him for multiple games or anything like that and then yeah you're right like they've they've pulled him like he's been on a short hook. And I said that that could be possible um, when we talked about it last Sunday, but man, I had no idea that it was really going to happen. I, I didn't really expect that. I thought they were going to be much better than this. I am starting to realize, or maybe see now the light. This could be a situation where they're not like they, they have a new, I think Belichick wouldn't get removed as head coach, but I think as far as being in charge of player personnel, they could have somebody new. They could have, maybe a quarterback in the draft or something like that. Maybe they go out and get a veteran. I don't think that that's going to be their move. I don't think they're going to go out and get Kirk Cousins in free agency. Maybe they go get another offensive coordinator or something like that because it definitely seems like Belichick needs an offensive coordinator guy who can do something new. But this is just a disaster. It is a disaster. And as for my biggest surprise this weekend, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's the Steelers being three and two and beating the Baltimore Ravens. I did not expect that at all. I mean, looking at the box score, Lamar did not have a great game. He was he didn't have a single passing touchdown. Uh, he ran the ball for only 45 yards. The team as a whole, only 125 yards. And then that interception that he had late in the game was obviously backbreaking for them. And then for the Steelers to be able to go and get that touchdown um, right before the the basically the final possession for the Ravens that f- huge touchdown from uh Kenny Pickett to George Pickens like the, do you know that they have the highest like QBR as a quarterback wide receiver tandem I think it was last year that Kenny Pickett and George Pickens had the best like wide receiver QB QBR or whatever the stat is they're the best duo uh, I don't know. I found that I found that super weird, but that's something you build off of. And I think what we were talking about earlier, this is a spot where if the Steelers really think that they have a chance, I think they know it's not with uh, Kenny Pickett. So if they were to go out and make that move and get Kirk Cousins, that would be huge for that division because the Bengals have not looked good. The Ravens, they just they've lost what two in a row now one to Steelers and then the one before to the uh, to the Colts. And then you never know what's going on with the Browns. The Browns are always going to Brown. And uh, as I said, the Bengals have not looked good. So this might be a time that the Steelers can take advantage of 
a poor division, shockingly. They have a fantastic defense. That's what I thought would keep them afloat the entire season. And right now it's just the offense that's holding them back. I don't know if it's Matt Canada or if it's Kenny Pickett or a combination of the two. But if they can take advantage of what their situation is right now and they can run with it, then that that would be a very huge surprise because I did not give them a single shot this uh, in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I still don't personally – Love what you said, though, about the George Pickens, Kenny Pickett connection. They do work. That is one thing about this offense, man. If if Kenny Pickett can put George Pickens in a position where it's a 50-50 ball or just, you know, to make a play, Pickens usually will make the play. So that's always really good. I'll say this about the Ravens team. They did get a Browns win in between their two their last two losses, the Colts and the Steelers. But they those are, I would say, both of those games. But maybe specifically this Steelers game is one of those games where – at the end of the year, I think they're going to look back on and say, man, we really wish we had that one. Like, and a lot of the teams are going to have that in the NFL. I think every every team's going to have at least a couple of those every single year where it's like, dang, we really should have had that. I think this is one of the top tier we should have had that games uh, for any team, especially so far in the year. Um, I think that's really kind of all this is for right now. I am not buying too much into the hype of the Steelers. I just don't think that they're – playoff material but i i have the baltimore ravens winning this division and right now giving away a game like this does concern me slightly especially after the colts lost a couple weeks ago where it's just like that that's two wins possibly that you should have already had you don't want to run into a team you know that's hot uh right now i think for the ravens because they're just they, they need a little bit more momentum to really catch their breath i think after these two just gruesome losses but moving on to some of the big injuries this week because we talked a little bit about the turf field and all that sort of stuff but kelsey also got hurt man patrick Mahomes has had to play this year without a ton of weapons what are we thinking of the chiefs because everybody's comparing the eagles and the 49ers we thought the cowboys were legit Right now, I mean, are the Chiefs the team to beat in the AFC? Because the Bills just lost to the Jags. And the Dolphins are dealing with injuries of their own, too. Yeah, especially they, in the backfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard. I, I'm Might sure. be a I'm dumb gonna, question to say that is the, is the defending Super Bowl champions the team to beat. But go, I'm go ahead. Gonna be, I'm not going to be biased. Um, They are the team to beat. They, they are lacking the weapons that uh, other teams do have, as, like, the Dolphins have, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, um, A-Chan in the back. Obviously, he did get hurt, uh, and he's on the IR now, so that's bad for our backfield. Uh, but Mostert's there. We have Jeff Wilson, who's just been kind of waiting in the wings. Uh, the defense is really good. That week nine, I think it's week nine, where the Chiefs and the Dolphins play in Germany, I think that's going to be – Whoever wins that game is going to be the team to beat in the AFC because, as we talked, as we just said, the Bills, they end up going to London and they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Huge win for the Jaguars, for sure. Um, I did see that that Buffalo decided to go to London extremely late. I think they went on Friday instead of already being there and getting accustomed to the time change and all that stuff um, well before the game was on Sunday. So they were probably playing a little bit lackadaisical. I mean, when we started our podcast on Sunday, they were down like what, 11, nothing. 
So yeah, they were down. They were down early in that game. Too little, too late for them for sure. Yeah, they were they were able to come back and then, uh, but they ended up losing 25-20. I know they they made it close there at the end, but I don't know what to think about the Bills. They're decimated on defense as well. I think Matt Milano is going to be out for the year. I think he broke his leg or something like that. Um, and then Tre'Davious White, he just came back from his what was it? Um, ACL injury, and then against the Dolphins, he tore his Achilles, so he's out for the year. Um, Poyer's always in and out, it seems like. I think he's more out right now. If I, I might be wrong, but I know that he's had injury issues. They're still waiting for Von Miller to come back. And then on the offensive side for the Bills, I mean, Josh Allen hasn't looked Ever since week one, he's been really good. Like, they've been talking about him MVP level, but last week not being able to. MVPs overcome their defense and overcome situations like having to travel to London, and he didn't overcome that. So it's kind of like, eh, I don't know if they're going to be the team to beat. But other than that, I mean, you're not looking at the Steelers, the Ravens, the Bengals. They're just trying to figure out who they are as a team right now. Um and then the South, the Colts, like, as good as they've been so far this year, I don't expect them to do much. Jacksonville, they've been underwhelming all year. So I, I'm i I'm not – this is not biased at all, I, I feel like. I think it's either the Chiefs or the Dolphins that you're looking at right now as the team to beat in the AFC. But I don't – if we're looking at Super Bowl, man, the 49ers look really, really good, and I it would be hard to pick against them right now. Yeah, I'm definitely not picking any other team than the 49ers. I will say this about the Dolphins. I would be so on the bandwagon if they hadn't lost to the Bills. Obviously, that would mean that they were 4-1, and one, but – or excuse me, they are 4-1. I'm sorry. That would mean that they were 5-0. and oh. If that one loss had come to any other team, I think – and they were still 4-1. and one. You know, I'm not going to just take – just say, oh, if they were 5-0, and oh, I would take them. No, if they were 4-1 and one, but they had a different loss, that wasn't the Bills – I really, truly believe I think I'd be on that wavelength with you, but that's just not the case. I'm really worried about like getting over that hump for them. They have more more than enough talent to be anybody in the NFL. They have the most explosive offense in the NFL. They have one of the most explosive offenses, I think, maybe ever. Maybe the most explosive, just you know, going off of semantics here, the deep threat. I mean, Tyree Kill is just on another level. Never seen a player like that. But they had how many straight three and outs against the Bills? I thought it was some. It was a pretty, it was a pretty bad number. They had a, um, a lot of straight three and outs, and then the Bills were able to capitalize and they took over that game after what you know you thought it was going to be a classic, a classic shootout. Didn't turn into that. What we did hear out of Tua after the game was some of these people here in the, here in the in the building. They needed that. They needed that uh, reality check, which I think is good. I don't know who that person was. I hope it wasn't Tyree Kill that needed that reality check, thinking that they were that the Dolphins were unstoppable. But they're not obviously they're not going to go undefeated. They're not going to go what seventeen and zero, and then run the table in the playoffs as well. Um, so they kind of got knocked down to earth a little bit. But I think they also took it personal, like, oh, okay, we we'll show you that we are that team. And they did that this week. They Tua did not have his best game. He had, I think, two interceptions or whatever, but the run game was working really well. Again, A-Chan, he has been phenomenal. I think he's like the number two running back in, in NFL right now behind Christian McCaffrey. Um, 
numbers wise. But then when you have Tyreek Hill and you, you throw Jalen Waddle in there, um, we just got Claypool. We'll, so we'll see him probably this week uh, against Carolina. So we're, we're taking advantage of the fact that we played the Giants, which our defense played good. That was the main thing that I was looking at as a Dolphins fan, looking at the defense and see how they played. And they played pretty well. They were able to make the stops. They, I think they created a couple turnovers. Um, so the defense did what they needed to do. We're obviously, we are also without Jalen Phillips, which has been very, very uh, painful. I think he's been dealing with a back injury or something like that. But once we get, once we get back to full strength, Teron Armstead is out. Jalen Ramsey is out. Phillips is out. Once we get back to full strength, which hopefully is by that Chiefs game, we'll see where we're at. But yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly no argument that this team belongs with um, some of the top teams in the NFL, despite not winning a playoff game last year. But we'll see. There's a long season ahead. We've we've said if they if they can stay healthy, they'll be a, a team in contention for for the Super Bowl. Um, but one of the teams before we go, we haven't talked about, and they're four and one. And we always talk about them. It's the Detroit Lions. They're sneaky right now. I mean, are they almost underrated after starting the year? I think a lot of people threw away that Chiefs game as, you know, they didn't have Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey. That was whatever. They won by one point. So what? Then they lost to Seattle in overtime. Nobody seemed to pay attention to the Falcons game. They've had some easier games since, obviously. What do we think? This team's 4-1. and one. I mean, they're clear control of the division. I mean, the Vikings and and bears have just imploded mm-hmm. and they already have a win over the Packers. I mean, that they, they've been playing really good and that's what we kind of predicted coming into the season. Jared Goff has been great. He's uh, got just over 1200 yards, nine touchdowns, just to three interceptions. Uh, Montgomery, he missed a game or two with, uh, with an injury, but he's been, he's got 300 yards almost 406 touchdowns. St. Brown's doing his thing. He's got 331 yards, 26 receptions, two touchdowns. Um, and then their defense is playing well. Sam Laporta has been great at the tight end position uh, for them. Jameer Gibbs, he's been hurt. They haven't utilized him the way that, you know, people thought they were gonna, going to coming out of the draft. Didn't they trade up to get him? Don't know what's going on there. Um, but they're, they're in a weaker division, but they've, they beat the Chiefs week one. I mean, you start off with that, you're starting off hot. So uh, I, I'm i glad that both of us were able to predict that, and uh, they're proving us right so far, and they're showing the NFL like, hey, we're here. We're, we're not that same old Lions team that was going 0-16 and, and was one of the worst teams in the league for multiple, multiple years. So Yeah, definitely different, different age. I think I mentioned this last time we talked – or maybe a couple weeks ago when they beat the Packers, there was a huge, like let's go lions chant uh, at Lambeau field. That's a different world that we're living in. This isn't the world where their franchise guys are retiring, um, you know, early before the 30 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So definitely different kind of different kind of world. Um, So this is Wednesday. There's a lot of great football that we've talked about, but there's more ahead Thursday night football. What do you Great think? football game that we have. Uh, it's it's Denver versus Kansas City. Really, really great game. That's disgusting. Yeah. 
I don't want to see Denver on my prime time anymore, man. I'm getting flashbacks from last year. What was it right around this time last year that the uh Broncos the and Colts and... played and maybe was the it the Warriors? Chargers? Oh, I thought Chargers. The, no, I thought the Broncos and Colts played last year and what was the ugliest game of all time. It was just field goals at the very end, and then I think I forgot what happened exactly, but it was one of the worst, the ugliest games. It was 12 to nine. That's Mm -hmm. overtime. So Mm -hmm. just straight field goals, just, you know, awful play Mm -hmm. at the end. But yeah. And they were on primetime so much last year, at least at the beginning of the season. And it was just like, oh, another game, another primetime game. Oh, look who it is. It's the Denver Broncos. And they played like terribly every time. And was it the Colts? I don't know if you just you pulled up the score. It was the Colts, yes. 12 was, line. The Colts won. I thought it was the Chargers for whatever reason. But, yeah, this is another game that we're looking at, and it's just like a bleh kind of matchup. Denver and Kansas City. It's, it's in Kansas City, too. I think we're kind of all expecting Kansas City to roll over uh, – roll all over uh, Denver, and Denver's just kind of going to sit there and get their – face slapped a couple times. Uh, I bet Kansas City's looking to do what uh, the Dolphins did to Denver when Denver went down to Miami and put 70 on them. The, it would be very – I feel like it would be Chiefs-like to to put 80 points on the board and just embarrass the the Denver Broncos. And, yeah. Is, is Travis Kelsey going to play? I know we were talking about his injury. Yeah, so he's questionable. He made such a quick turnaround when he hyperextended his knee before the Lions game that it makes me think he might try to give this a go. I mean, he did miss about a week. Well, he missed one game, but he probably missed about a week and a half with that hyperextended knee injury. Now it's the ankle. He's listed as questionable. It is a short turnaround from Sunday to Thursday. I personally don't really think he should play. I think you're thinking long term. You're also thinking his career too. You know, he's he's already like past 30. You certainly want to keep him for years to come. Patrick Mahomes ain't leaving anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And and he's shown that he can handle himself without Kelsey. Now I've I've danced around it a little bit. I think maybe I'm also implying it, but it is the Broncos. I don't want to just say, oh, this team sucks. You can beat them without Kelsey. Cause I mean, we say this every time. It's NFL's week to week, man. Nothing's guaranteed. Um, hey, last week we said that uh, the Commanders were going to run all over uh, and beat the Bears, and look what happened. Justin Fields just says, "Oh yeah, I'm going to throw to DJ Moore every single time," and DJ Moore is going to have 230 yards and three touchdowns and everything. So we've been wrong before, but this one seems like really, really difficult to get wrong. Yeah, and and taking out the Miami game for the Broncos, which I know is a big thing because they'd lost by 50 points. And, you know, they gave up 70, and the Dolphins probably, if they had any sort of lack of mercy, I should say, they would have broke the NFL record for points in a game. But taking that out, a lot of these games have been closed for the Broncos. They have lost a few one-possession games. So this is a decent team, a team that's at least competing. And in these games, you can't forget that Sean Payton is the head coach. This could be maybe a different level of installment um, or a different type of installment to this rivalry. It could be a team like the Broncos, who is certainly not on the level of the Chiefs, but they could compete and play them hard. So you never know. Yeah, you never know, but I just don't see 
I mean, Denver lost to New York last week, and it didn't even seem like all that close. I know it was only a 10-point game, but it just seemed like the Jets were kind of in control most of that game. Um, so I don't expect Russell Wilson to go into Kansas City and throw the ball all over the place. I mean, who's the who's Denver's running back? It's like McLaughlin or something like that. Uh, we have no idea who it is. It's not um, – I almost said Javante Booker or whatever. That's from like many years ago. Um, Javante Williams is who I was thinking of. I, I think he's still hurt. Uh, Jerry Judy hasn't done anything really since he's been in the NFL. Um, Sutton, eh, their defense, they're probably looking to get rid of some guys. I saw that there. I think the Broncos are in uh tanking mode and hopefully they get rid of Russell Wilson, uh, soon. I don't know if they will not this season, but yeah, the, I don't know if I see season. that. I don't know if I see that happening yet. I mean, look, man, the Broncos have lost 15 straight to the chiefs. Huh? So this is a different level of like of goal here. This is a different this is a different set of goals than winning this game, okay? Like they are on a clear losing streak. I think this is about this is moral victory territory right now, I think. They're already one and four. The line is ten and a half here. And you're and like you said earlier, the Chiefs are at home. What what are we really expecting? Are we gonna put the uh what is a good game for the Broncos treatment like we did the Jets? Yeah. What's a good game for the Broncos? I think it's one one possession game, close game, and, you know, nobody chews out Russell Wilson on the sideline or whatever or makes a smart comment. Like, there's nothing embarrassing going on. And I think without Travis Kelsey, there could be some room for the Broncos' defense to do something. You know, because Pat Mahomes' number one option probably might – probably is going to be Rasheed Rice, who – rookie, new on the scene – Pacheco's been good this year. I, Pacheco's I, been I've, good. I've seen him more so than like his past few seasons, what, two years or something in the league. Um, so that they might be running the ball a lot. That I wouldn't be shocked to see that. Uh, kind of give Mahomes a little bit of a break. Just run the ball with Pacheco and McKinnon and all that. And then Rice, sure. Sky Moore might have a good game. If you got fantasy, maybe pick him up. So yeah, but as a moral victory, minimize the turnovers, keep it close, give your team something to work with, just like I said with the Jets. Just give yourself something to work with. Don't let it be a clunker. Don't let it be another Dolphins situation. That's what I would say. Yeah. So lots of good stuff here in the NFL and in Major League Baseball. But that's all the time we have for today. This has been the Streakers Podcast. I'm Patrick Previty. That's Mason Migliera. We'll be back on the Sunday preview of week six. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.